morning. How's everybody doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Sally's on the call. Good morning. Good morning. Who we got on the call? Sabrina. Michelle Jarosh. Sally. Kimberly. Michael Yvonne. Tony Shoblo. Mike. Good morning, Victor. Who we got on the call? Evans on the call. Cornelius in Colorado Springs is on the call. Lily. Good morning, Victor. Mandy, Shantanat Sambat. All right, I hope everybody's ready. For, to finish the month strong, we've got a couple days left in August. So far, just looking at the numbers for the base shop. I know our base shop, last time the Bolton update was at nine base shop recruits and 49,000 base shop points. Super base was cranking, and the super team was cranking. Like super base, base shop, super base, super team are all really having a big month in the month of August. And we are fully ramped up and in launch mode for September, October, November, the three strongest months of the year. I know I've had individual conversations with a bunch of you. A bunch of you have been sending me accountability. A bunch of you have been sending me your business plans. A bunch of you have been texting me and let me know where you're at. Uh, I'm getting a text now like every single day from Tony Showblow on her and Jimmy's goal, where they're at and how they're closing in and what they're doing each day to get a little bit closer to the goal. I, I just love to see guys that – are clear about what they really, really want in life. They're excited about it, and then they're working their tails off to move towards it. And I tell you, we talked about it a little bit last week. When you're super clear on what you'd want to do in your life, I want to be clear on this. I just want to create a couple of distinctions, sort of dovetailing off of last week. I've met with some very experienced leaders in the past couple of weeks, very experienced leaders, people who have lots of success in their careers, people who have lots of success in our company, and there's a block, there's a mental block that I've seen oftentimes with many of them. And I, I just want to sort of point out this distinction to help those of you that may have the same mental block. And when I'm talking to them about their goals and their dreams and what their goals and their dreams are, here's, here's where the mental block is a little bit. The, the, the dream is they, they keep talking about, like, how much they love to help families and serve families, and I just love what we do, and I want to make a difference, and I just want to get to SMD, or I want to get to EMD, or I want to get my ring, or I want to get my quarter-million-dollar ring. And while those are noble goals, those are typically not the kind of dreams that really inspire us long-term. Nobody went to a BPM for the first time, saw our opportunity for the first time, and go, man, my whole life I've wanted to be an EMD. My whole life I've wanted to be a CEO. My whole life I've wanted to be a quarter-million-dollar ring earner. Nobody ever said that until they get into our culture long enough. 
Those are while those are worthwhile, admirable, noble, and good, strong goals. The things that really move us emotionally, the things that we should spend more time putting our our thoughts and our energies into, are our dreams. It's like a year from December, December 2020. I want to have a lake house, and here's the way I want that lake house to be designed, and and here's, I want it to be a single-story ranch, and here's the size of it, and here's some of the creature comforts that I want inside of that lake house, and I want to have... HI, Colorado Springs. Something is wrong. Something wrong, all right. Oh, good. I thought I was crazy. Difficulties. Difficulties. All right, guys, I'm back. I apologize. I was, I was trying. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. I was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my battery on my phone was low. I don't get good reception at the house. I just finished my workout at the gym, so I'm like, okay, I'll take the call from the house phone. I don't know what the heck happened to the house phone, but like. I had two of them next to me, and somehow they both went dead at the same time. <laughs> like, I'm looking, there's something wrong with the home phone system. Anyway, what I was starting to talk about is get clear on what you want. So I was, like, describing a lake house and then, like, a vacation home on the East Coast, and here's the cars we want to drive. Here's the financial security I want to have. Here's how much money I want to have in the bank. Here's what I want to do with, like, different things. And so you get really clear on that sort of stuff, and then – the business goals, the EMD, the SMD, the double-digit recruiting, the quarter-million-dollar ring, the ring, those are goals that help me to get closer to my dreams, okay? Those are goals that help me to get closer to my dreams. But I've sat down with some really – this is a really important distinction. I've sat down with some really experienced, successful people inside and outside of our hierarchy, and – they're just like their dreams aren't about their wives or their husbands or their kids or a new house 
or paying off debt or money in the bank when I'm talking to them, their dreams are too much about the business. And the business is a vehicle. It's a platform. And I was sharing this with somebody new who was sort of like, I'm not sure this is for me, and you know, I, I'm not sure I like this, or I'm not sure I'd be good at that. And, and, and I want to sort of, let me sort of paint it in a different direction, okay? When I was young, a mentor of mine shared with me to get really clear on what you want your life to be like. How do you want to design your life? How do you want to design your marriage, your family life, your financial life, your level of fitness, your spiritual life? Like, design that, your community. Design that. What does that look like? Why is that important to you? And, and then he said, go out and find a vehicle that can get you there. Go out and find a vehicle that can get you from where you are to what it is that you want to create in your life. The challenge is, and, and, and so I want to just make a, make a point. Fall in love with where you're going, with the life that you're creating. Fall in love with what it's going to be like. Fall in love with what you want to do for your wife, what you want to do for your husband, what you want to do for your parents, what you want to do for your children and grandchildren. Fall in love with the new, uh, with, with the new house that you want them to be able to live in, with the cars that you want them to be able to drive. Fall in love with the vacations you want to be able to take them on, the, the educational opportunities. Fall in love with the life that you want to create and then find a vehicle that will get you there. And here's what I can promise you. I want you to listen to me on this. Some of you still have issues with the vehicle. What you'll find is when you find the right vehicle and you start making progress to that dream life, you start making progress towards the things that really matter to you the most in life, you're going to find that you like the vehicle more and more. And the more oftentimes that the vehicle gets you closer and closer and closer to creating really everything that you want for the people that are most important to you, you're going to, by default, fall in love with the vehicle that's helping you get there. Too many people, I want you to listen to the, to the inverse of this, to the contrast of this. Too many people are concerned about loving the vehicle first and then figuring out where it's going to get me. And so they try and find this ideal job that they think in their head that they're going to love. And then what they realize is, is this vehicle, this job is limited in where it can get me. And then they wind up settling for where it can get them because they get too caught up in the vehicle and not caught up enough in where it's going to get them. Some people fall in love with the tricycle. Others fall in love with the 10-speed. Others fall in love with one of those little motorized scooters. Hey, if you want to get to Paris, France in your life, a motorized scooter is not going to get you there, right? A, a Lambo is not going to get you there. Like you need a jet <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe a big boat. But for sure, even a Lambo is not going to get you there. So when you get clear on where it is that you really want to get to and the things that you want to be able to do for the people that matter most to you and you get really excited about those and then you find a vehicle that's capable of getting you there and then you start working through what it takes to drive that vehicle. You start learning how to drive that vehicle. You start test driving it with having a more experienced driver in the seat next to you. Eventually, you get your license and you're able to drive the vehicle on your own, whether that vehicle is a Lambo, whether it's a helicopter, whether it's a jet airplane, whether it's a big old yacht. Like you get eventually, you learn how to drive the vehicle and somebody gives you a license and says, hey, you're certified, you're validated, you're equipped to do whatever you need to do within this vehicle, you got it. You can drive it on your own, and then you can take it as far as you want, as fast as you want. Here's what I promise you. As you start achieving little wins, man, I was able to fire my boss and go full-time. 
Man, I was able to pay off that credit card debt. Man, I was able to retire my spouse. Man, I was able to win a trip and take my family on, a, on the best vacation we've been on in years. Man, I was able to uh, get a big paycheck and put it away in savings. We can hear you talking. So please don't talk during our call. It's rude, disrespectful. Please stop talking. I'm talking to you. I know you think you're muted or not. As you begin getting these small wins, what begins to happen is you fall in love with the vehicle. And the things about the vehicle that in the beginning you didn't like so much, you begin to love even those aspects of them. Because it's like they're all there on purpose, and it's designed this way to help you get as far as you want to go. So it's important for us to get clear on what are the things that you really want not from a business standpoint, but in your life. I want to make that distinction because there's too many people that I've talked to in the past few weeks as we've been talking about getting clear on your vision. There's too many people that, there are people that I've talked to. There's too many people that I've had conversations with, and they're too caught up in business goals. And I want you to be caught up in business goals, but I don't want you to be caught up in business goals at the expense of having – real goals in your life and a real clear vision for your life and getting really crystal clear on that stuff because that stuff is far more important in the big picture as to where it's going to get you. So um, super important, just sort of side notes on that. Now, as we're talking about those things, I want to talk to you about a trip that I made down to Cash Reston's office. Cash was the MVP of the company again this year. Cash was recognized as the number one SMD base shop by recruiting numbers again this year. And so I reached out to my buddy Cash, and I said, hey, I reached out to Cash. I reached out to Juan Jaime. I reached out to Paul Hart. I reached out to June and Joyce. I reached out to Sean and Jamie. I reached out to, obviously, Dan and Sophia. I reached out to Nate and Precious. Like, I've been reaching out to a bunch of leaders who are just winning at a high level because iron sharpens iron. I need to take my game to the next level. Nobody better do that with in cash. You just look at the numbers that he's running. So I took a pilgrim. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I want to invite myself down to your meeting. He's like, dude, we'd love to have you. Please come down. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not inviting myself down to your office to train. I want to come down like in the witness protection program. I want to come down unannounced. I want to take notes. I want to be a student. I want to observe your environment, observe your culture. I want to see what you're training on and how you're training on. I want to see what this machine in this factory looks like at this level. So, of course, he couldn't keep it quiet. So before, before you know, I'm getting texts like, we're so excited to have you this Tuesday. Can't wait to hear from my call back. I'm like, dude, is English your second language? He's like, yeah, actually it is. I go, okay, because we got it twisted here. I'm not coming down to train. I want to come down and learn. So he had me train in like the meeting after the meeting, and he did the general training, which I was appreciative of because I just wanted to really study his environment. Would you guys please shut up? Just hang up the phone. If you can't, if you can't be quiet, just shut up. Just hang up the phone because you're ruining it for everybody else on the call. It just shows your lack of discipline. It just shows your lack of like – really being committed to anything. You can't, even, you can't even function a conference call right. How are you going to win in life? Like, get it together. Uh, so I go down to Cash's, and I want to share with you sort of what I saw down there because 
there's a magic going on, and I want you to see what's possible inside of your own business. So I go down there. Literally, I counted the people there. He had 160 people down there on a Tuesday night for just a regular meeting, 160, and it was all in his base shop. None of his SMDs are on Tuesday nights. They're on Wednesday nights, and they come together on Saturdays. On a Tuesday night, he had 160-plus people in his base shop down there. I met, uh, a, I met an associate, not a senior associate, not an MD, an associate who had 45 people at that meeting, an associate who had 45 people at the meeting. I literally, they had this whole section of the meeting. <laughs> so, like, I see them all gathering for the meeting after the meeting. I'm like, that's great. I'm talking to them about where they're at in the business and what's next. Cash has um, a quarter-million-dollar earner, Barry Wong, who's an MD in his hierarchy. I mean, an MD in his base shop. An MD in his base shop's earning a quarter million dollars a year, not ready to take his promotion. You talk to him about it, he's like, no, I'm not ready. I'm like, well, what do you need to do next? And he starts walking through his business and his legs, and I got this leg and this leg, and here's what's going on here. He's like, but there's this one other leg. I need to develop it deeper. And when I get it deeper, then I'll be closer to qualifying, closer to be ready to take my promotion. But quite frankly, I'm not going to take my promotion until Cash says I'm ready. So he's got a monstrous... He's got a monstrous team himself. He's earning over a quarter million bucks a year, and he's like, I'm not ready until cash says I'm ready. Um, he's, got multi- he's got multiple people inside the base shop that are six-figure income earners. And they're like, yeah, I'm just like nobody, nobody you talk to, I just want you to think about this from a mindset and a culture standpoint. Like nobody in his base shop is remotely interested in taking their SMD promotion until they're at least a $100,000 earner. They're just not interested in it. And, and it's interesting because I, I, was, I had four or five of my associates out of my base shop down there in the meeting, and they're talking, they're, they're having sideline conversations with, uh, with other people throughout the base shop. I'm having sideline conversations. And like everybody we talked to was singing from the same sheet of music. Nobody is like anxious. Nobody cares about whether they're an associate or a senior associate or an MD or an SMD. Nobody cares about their titles. Nobody cares about their titles. Like it's the farthest thing from their mind. Nobody's anxious. Nobody's like, well, I qualified. Why don't I get my promotion? Why don't I get the higher contract? Everybody's focus is on building a bigger and bigger and bigger and more productive team. Everybody's focus is on being the very best at their title wherever that is, being the number one MD, not in the, in the company, the number one senior associate in the company, the number one associate in the company. Everybody's like focused on the leader's bolts and being the very best of the best. And, and here's part of the mindset, which I can relate to. Some of you aren't going to want to hear it, but I can relate to. You got a chance to really develop and lead and build your people when they're in your base shop. And once they get out of your base shop, it's a lot different. It's a lot harder. When guys get promoted out of the base shop and they're an SMB, they just, their ego gets in the way, their pride gets in the way, they're far less coachable, they're far more interested in doing their own thing and doing things my way. And, and they just, they, they, the, for most, most people to get promoted, the learning and the growing and the development radically slows down, radically slows down because of a title. And what you find over and over and over in Cash's culture is they all fully understand that. 
and they want to grow and develop and have the strongest mindset and they want to build the biggest business and they want to have the strongest skills they possibly can before they get promoted out because they know how big they get promoted out is going to have a direct influence on how big of an SMD they're going to be. And they don't want to have like two strong legs and give up one or have three strong legs and give up two. Like they're all like want to have four and five and six legs that are four, five, six, seven, eight deep. Eight deep. They want to have huge, they want to have big teams and big base shops and lots of width and tremendous depth before they give up a leg or two in their promotion. And so they're just not in a hurry to get a title. What's, what's amazing is they're super urgent on guests and recruits and apps and points and building a team and team attendance. They're super urgent about all that stuff, but they're very patient when it comes to titles. To them, titles don't mean anything. Results mean everything. Titles mean nothing. And that's, that's, that's not my words, that's theirs. And it's like I said, after you know, talking to Christine Mayberry, who went down with me, and she's talking to a bunch of different people, and talking to Jeanette Tavali uh, and like all the conversations that she had with different people, and Fitzroy, and Ricky Monte, and, and people that are in my base shop that are mapped down there, like Nas, and like Denise, and like uh, the two Beths that are all down there, like we just all got the same story from different people. And they're super urgent about getting results and super competitive, put a ton of pressure on themselves, but everybody, everybody takes pride in having super high standards, holding a high standard, and not being impatient when it comes to promotions. And it's fascinating. I'll, I'll give you a, a quick example. Uh, so there was a guy I noticed in the Mozone, and um, he, he was – he had a super small short frame. I don't know. I don't mean to be disrespectful or offensive. Like back in the day, somebody would say, well, like he's a midget or a dwarf. I don't, to be honest, I'm not trying to be cute or smart. I don't know if those are offensive terms today or not. I don't know what's the proper language and I apologize for that. But like he was clearly undersized. I'm a short dude. He was way shorter than me, but he wasn't just short. When I walked in the Mozo and there's like a bar stool and like he's like laying on the bar stool with his chest and his legs are sort of like arched up behind him and his head is sort of arched up. So it's almost like he's laying on his chest and it, uh, with his back arched and his legs up behind him and his head up and he's just looking around. And I introduce myself to him and I go to shake his hand and both of his arms are sort of tight against his body and really his arms don't move at all and his hands don't move at all. And so they're just sort of pulled in tight against his body. And throughout the course of the night, what I, what I saw was like his fiance would like wheel him in on this bar stool and wheel him out. I'm not sure that he could stand or walk on his own. And he certainly couldn't move his arms or his hands to any degree. And so when the, meet, when the Mozone broke and when the meeting begins – Cash was trying to clear a couple of seats in the front row for me, and I'm like, dude, there's people that like in the base that fought for these front row seats, and now you're going to pull them, and they're going to be forced to sit in the back. I'm like, no way. I'll just find, I'll, I'll find a place to sit. Let them sit in the front. That's the right thing to do. So I just grabbed a couple of seats, and I went to the side of the stage of the front of the room, and I wound up sitting next to this guy, and his, name's, his guy's name is RJ. And 
RJ's talking to me. I'm like, hey, how's it going, champ? Blah, blah, blah. He's, and he's talking to me. He's asking questions. He's like, hey, who's the number one senior associate in your base shop? And I start talking about number one senior associate in the base shop. He goes, he goes, yeah, I'm one of the top three senior associates in Cash's base shop. I'm like, oh, top three senior associate in the base shop. That's cute, right? That's before I really get a clear understanding of how high the standards are and what the culture is like down here. And he's like, yeah, I'm one of the top three senior associates in the base shop. I'm like, oh, that's good for you. That's, yeah, you're doing terrific. Great job. He's like, um, yeah. I did 15 base shop recruits last month, and we got 23 at the meeting tonight. Let me repeat that. I did 15 base shop recruits last month. I've got 23 in the meeting, and I'm not the number one senior associate in the base shop at 15 recruits. I'm one of the top three. The guy can't stand. He can't walk. He can't move his arms. He can't move his limbs. He's propped up during the entire meeting, and he's got 15 base shop recruits for the month, and he's the top three senior associate in this base shop. Here's what that tells you. This dude's game between his ears is unbelievable because here's what he understands. My self-worth, my self-esteem, my self-confidence isn't tied to my body. It's not tied to my frame. It's not tied to it, – it's my self-esteem and self-worth comes from the self, comes from the inside, comes from my spirit, comes from who I am, and that has nothing to do with the physical limitations of my body. It's all about what's about between my ears and my mind. That guy is winning the game between his ears at a completely different level. And when we talk about mental toughness – a lot of us who are fully equipped physically, a lot of us who are gifted and talented beyond measure, struggle with our self-worth and our self-esteem and our self-confidence because we're looking for it in things outside of ourselves. And this guy is winning it big time. Can't walk, can't stand up, is propped up, can't move his limbs. He's got 15 base shop recruits. He's number three senior associate. Dude's got a super positive attitude. He's got a vision for his life. Matter of fact, despite his physical limitations, he got engaged, met another gal in the base shop. He's engaged, has a fiance. It's a pretty good looking gal. Like the guy's got major game between his ears because he's not letting that stop him from finding a gal, closing her, and closing her on a life together. Guy's killing it between the ears. So we've got RJ, who's got 15 base shop recruits last month. We've got another guy who's an associate who's got 45 on his team. And I'm talking to him, and he's frustrated because he just missed out on his jacket. What, what, what Cash did was about a year ago, he stopped – promoting BBC and double-digit recruiting, and he shifted to Raj Dollywall's jacket system. Matter of fact, when I was on the phone with Cash about a week, week and a half ago, he's like, oh, he's like, oh man, he's like, Raj is calling me on the other line. I'm like, dude, that's a bigger name. Goodbye. Call me back when you're done talking to him. He's like, but uh, I go, talk to Raj. Call me when you're done. And I hung up on him. And uh, so he implemented Raj's jacket system. So when I'm talking to this associate, Rather than talking about how excited he is to have 45 at the meeting, he was talking about how frustrated he was because he just missed out on his tan jacket. 
What's a tan jacket, you ask? Let me break it down for you. Tan jacket is the following. You might want to jot this in your notes so that you can begin to wrap your head around it. Tan jacket is 5-5-30. So it's five recruits and five apps over 30 days, three consecutive months in a row. Now, it's okay if you do like 6 6 one month, 4 4 the next month, and 5 5 the next month, as long as it averages out to 5 5 over three months, as long as you basically hit 15 15 okay? But that's not the whole thing for the TAN jacket. That's step one. Step two is you have to write 45,000 points over that 90-day window. So you have to be averaging 3,000 points an app or 3,000 points a recruit. So you, it, it ensures that the internal consumption is taking place. Number three, you've got to earn $10,000 personally over that three-month window. So regardless of your title or your contract, you've got to earn ten grand. Why? Because what, they, what, what Raj wants to make sure is you just don't have guys on your team writing apps. You're not just overriding good guys, but that you're personally putting your names on apps. So it makes sure you're getting wide. Make sure you've got base shop recruiting going on. It makes sure uh, that internal consumption and field training is taking place. And it also makes sure that the leader is personally writing apps. And then the next qualification for the jacket is two legs need to be four deep. Two legs need to be four deep. And so that makes sure that you're taproting, that you're building deep. And that's what it takes to, to get a tan jacket. And the guy, the associate who was there, who had 45 on his team, him and his wife, he was explaining to me how they hit the 5530. They had well more than 45,000 points over 90 days as an associate. They had earned over 10 grand over the three months. They had a leg that was four deep, and their second leg that they were taprooting, they had three deep. And the third rung on that leg went out of town at the end of their run, and, and they weren't able to taproot her one more person deep, and that cost them the same jacket. One recruit under one lady costing the tan jacket. And that's what the, they weren't focused on the 45 that were there. They were focused on missing out on the tan jacket, which just shows you the sort of the mindset and the expectation of really what they're trying to do. They're focused on really building something strong, and they're not getting too caught up with, um, with promotions and with titles prematurely. So it was fascinating to be down there and see sort of what their standards are. You know, I heard something this morning that I thought is so true, and what I heard this morning is nobody is more blind than someone who refuses to see, than someone who refuses to see. And sometimes we've got great examples all around us. Sometimes we've got around us opportunities and experiences and we just can't see them because we're not even looking for them. Or worse yet, they're there, and because of our limiting beliefs, we can't see them for what they are. And so I want to challenge you. The whole reason I wanted to go through sort of the stand – have a great trip, sweetie. Okay, stay in touch, okay? Love you too. My daughter Alexis is leaving right now. Michelle's taking her down to Orange County. She's going to jump on Uncle Eddie's – Jet this morning, and they are taking off down to Cabo for a long weekend down in Cabo. They've got some sort of resort down there. They've got three master suites, and she's going to celebrate with her cousin down there, my goddaughter, Bella. 
and Max, my godson, and uh, they're going to have a great time down there in Cabo. Uh, if she ever gets off the jet, I have a funny feeling my daughter's going to spend all weekend on the jet just sort of uh, Instagramming and Snapchat. <laughs> um, but when your vision isn't clear, when you're not clear on where you're going and what, you, and what it looks like, when you're not clear on the, the life that you want to create for the people that you care about most, there will be opportunities and people all around you that oftentimes you can't see because you're not really looking for them. As much as you want things to get better, you're so focused on the grind and the tasks and the work that's necessary that either A, you don't see, or B, your energy is off and you're in a grind so you're not attracting the people and the experiences that are right around you. But when you're constantly focused on where you're going and what it's going to look like and what you're going to do for your family and how much, what they're going to say about you and how it's going to make you feel and what you're going to say to yourself and how you're going to feel, when you're caught up in that space, number one, you attract people and opportunities and resources to you because of the energy that you're, uh, that you're emanating. And number two, you're mind is opened up and you see things differently. Napoleon Hill in his book, Thinking and Grow Rich, said that within every adversity, within every adversity is a seed of an even greater opportunity, is a seed of an ever, even greater opportunity. When you're in the grind and just working and doing what you need to do and just like, it's a hustle, you know, I'm in the hustle and it's a grind, um, you're going to see, you're going to have adversity and all too often, it's just something I have to overcome. It's an obstacle I have to overcome. It's something I have to work through. It, it's just something that's trying to slow me down. When you're clear on your vision and where you're going, and you're emanating that you're, you're you're vibrating at a different energy level, you see as it's happening in the present moment the seed inside of the adversity. You don't see the adversity for what it looks like on the surface but you see inside of it the opportunity for something even greater than that obstacle represents. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, Cash had just gotten back from uh, the Arete Syndicate meeting. So for those of you who don't know, Ed Milet has a podcast, which you should be subscribed to and listening to. Um, and one of his guests on that podcast a few years ago was Andy Frischella, a guy from St. Louis who runs uh, a supplements company by the name of First Form. And Andy and Ed, about a year and a half ago, formed a, an organization called the Arete Syndicate. And for about 300 bucks a month, I think, you can get on a monthly conference call with them for some coaching and inspiration and that sort of stuff. And for about 75 grand a year, you can be a part of their mastermind coaching group which meets four, time a, four times a year at unique locations and has like two and three day weekends that are super intense for coaching development, so forth and so on. So um, Cash had just gotten back from one of those Arete Syndicate $75,000 entrance fee meetings. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's at, who Ed has had on his podcast twice, if you haven't, Listen to the Dr. Joe podcast. I suggest you listen to him a couple of times because it's a lot to sort of comprehend and understand and wrap your mind around the first time that you listen to Dr. Joe. It's sort of like reading Wayne Dyer for the first time. But they had Dr. Joe there, 
And so Cash was trained in his general training about things that he learned from Dr. Joe, and it's all similar to what we're talking about right now. And I just want to share with you a couple of thoughts that I got from that general training. As long as my phone will hang, hang in there, I'm down to 4%, and we already know the home phones are done. Um, a couple of thoughts that I got from that. And one of them was just really this simple. Okay? And here's what it was. Here's, what he, here's, here's, here's a question that Dr. Joe asked the group. I want you to write this in your notes. I want you to really think about this and how this applies to your life because a lot of times we know what to do. I can't tell you how many times I meet with SMDs who are SMDs who haven't promoted an SMD, who may have their ring, but they're not really earning $100,000 a year. They just did once or maybe have their ring and they're earning $100,000 a year, but they're sort of stuck there. So they're running a base shop. They're an SMD. They're stuck at 110, 120, 130 grand, and they're not really making a big move. Uh, and so they've got some success, but, but they've got so much more potential to do something at an even bigger, bigger, bigger level. And so whether you're one of those individuals or you're a new person on the hot and hungry making a big move right now, I want you to think about what I'm about to say here. So the question that Dr. Joe asked is, how many of you believe, how many of you believe that your thoughts, how many of you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny? How many of you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny? How many of you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your future? How many of you believe that what you think about has something to do with your future? My guess is that every single one of you are mentally raising your hand right now. Every single one of you are going, yeah, I absolutely believe that your thoughts or your thinking have something to do with your future. I absolutely believe that your thoughts, your, what you think about, has something to do with your destiny, with where you're going to go in life, where you're going to get in life. So here's the second question. If you believe that to be true, why would you ever wake up and not create your future mentally first thing in the morning? If you believe that to be true, why would you ever wake up in the morning and not immediately create your future mentally? In other words, what do I mean by that? Uh, here's what most of you do and most people you know do. Uh, you get up, you hit the snooze, and then you get up again. And then you get a cup of coffee or whatever your deal is in the morning, tea, juice, whatever. And then you get in the shower, and then you brush your teeth, and then you get dressed, and then you're helping the kids get ready for school, and then you're rushing around, and you're grabbing your stuff, and getting your phone, and checking it, and rushing out the door to go somewhere that you have to be. and you did that yesterday, and your morning routine will look again like that tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Yet you believe that what you think about, that your thoughts have a direct correlation, a direct effect on your future, on where you're going to get to in life, and yet you're so busy in routines in the morning, you're so busy being busy in the morning, that you don't spend any real time getting clear on where it is that you want to go to, and what you want your life to look like. I want you to think about this. I was talking to a new associate this week, and um, I asked her. I said, hey, her name's Katie. I said, hey, Katie. I said, um, I want you to think about everybody you know. 
I said, and she, Katie's like 26, I believe, 27. I said, not just the people you know. I want you to think about the people that you know are, that are in their 30s and 40s and 50s. How dramatic, the majority of them, I want you to think about the majority of them, like almost every single one of them. I want you to answer a question. How dramatically have most of their lives changed over the past five years? How dramatically have most of their lives changed over the past 10 years? How dramatically have most of their lives changed over the past 15 years? You know what she said? Yeah, they really haven't changed that much. Why haven't they changed that much? Because they haven't spent that much time thinking about their future. They're not that clear on what they want. Their, do they want things to be different? Yes. Do they want to be out of debt? Yes. Do they want to make more money? Yes. Absolutely. Do they want to have a nicer house? Yep. Do they want to have nicer cars? Yep. Do they want to have more money in the bank? Yep. Do they want to travel more? Yep. Do they want to spend more time with their family and their kids? Yep. Do they want to be able to contribute more to charities and churches and missions and things that are important to them? Yep. Do they want to be a, a, a person of greater influence in their children's lives, in their families' lives? Do they want to be able to have more moral authority in those people's lives around them so that they can teach them how to be of stronger character and greater integrity and lead more successful lives? You betcha. And yet as much as they want those things, and they are capable of achieving those things, and they've got the God-given gifts and talents and potential to experience those things, five years goes by, 10 years goes by, 15 years goes by, and very little changes. Why? Because they spend very little time thinking about their future. Yet we all just agree that thinking about your future has a direct correlation on your future. Yet we're, we get too busy to think about where we're going. So you know what? We wind up getting busy and staying busy just to be busy. And being busy is the default mode of the universe. It's the default mode of the middle class, of the working class. Being busy, do, doing things is the default mode. And what I'm trying to teach you, what I'm trying to tell you right now, it's what's going on between the ears, you thinking about and feeling and creating your future makes all the difference, makes all the difference. <clears throat> Knowledge is of the mind. Experience is for the body. I want you to write this in your notes. How you think and how you act and how you feel, those three things together are what we call your personality. How you think, how you act, and how you feel. Why do we call that your personality? because your personality creates your personal reality. Your personality creates your personal reality. How you think, how you act, and how you feel creates your personal reality. And as we've discussed many times before, how you think is repetitive. It's habitual. 93% of the thoughts that you'll think today, you thought yesterday, you thought last week, and you thought the week before. Only 7% of the thoughts scientists and researchers have discovered and proven many times over, only 7% of the thoughts are new. 97% is repetitive. It's automatic pilot. As we've discussed before, there's over 300, close to 400 different human emotions that have been labeled that we are capable of feeling. And the average human being, the average middle-class person, thinks, uh, feels 10 to 12 different emotions any given week, 
and they are autopilot. They're repetitive in nature. Some people do anxiety very well, and they do it every week. Some people do worry very well, and they do it every week. Some people do stress very well. Some people do fear very well. Some people doubt very well and do it every single week. Others are unbelievably grateful or joyful or happy or excited or enthusiastic or passionate, and they feel that emotion so consistently it's habitual. They're happy all the time. They're enthusiastic all the time. They're passionate all the time, right? And so how you think and, and how you feel directly affects your behavior or how you act. And because so much of that is habitual, that becomes your personality or the way that people see you, and your personality creates what we call your person, personal reality. Your personality, the way you think, act, and feel, creates what we call your life. So your present personality, the way you think, act, and feel presently creates your present reality. Let me say that again. Your present personality has created your present reality. The way you think, act, and feel today has created your present reality. If You can tell this is sort of a heavy note-taking type of call this morning. If you want to create a new life, if you want to create a new life, or if you want to create a new personal reality, or if you want to create a new personal reality, then you must create a new personality. If you want to create a new life, or if you want to create a new personal reality, then you must create a new personality. Well, that, I don't know if I can create a new personality. I'm just, my personality is my personality. Not true. If you want to create a new life or a new personal reality, then you must create a new personality, which means, what does that mean? With the 7% of new thoughts today, you must choose to change, you must, if you want to create a new personality, if you want to create a new personal reality, if you want to create a new life, you must change the way you think, you must change the way you act, and you must change the way you feel. You must change the way you think, act, and feel if you want to create a new life, a new personal reality. You must be more conscious of your subconscious thoughts and behaviors. You must become more conscious of your subconscious thoughts and behaviors. You've got to become more self-aware. Awareness is the first step to change. So what's the easiest way to change the way we think, act, and feel? By changing what we're thinking about first thing in the morning. By changing how we're emoting first thing in the morning. What are we feeling first, in the mor- first thing in the morning? If I spend time in, in prayer and in devotionals, in scripture, first thing in the morning, and then I spend time thinking about the future that I'm creating and what it's going to look like and what's going to feel like, and I allow myself to fully emote, to fully associate with what it's going to feel like to do the things that are important for my wife, Michelle, to do the things that are important for my children, Alex, Lexi, and Jack, to do things that are important for my parents, Ed and Debbie, to do things that are important for my brothers and sisters, to do the things that are important for my community, my church, the missions and the organizations, the nonprofits that are important to me, to do the things that are important to me and my community. I've got to fully associate with the feelings and what it's going to feel like for me to evolve into that guy. 
what's it going to feel like for me to be earning a million bucks a year, 20 bucks, 20,000 bucks a week? What's it going to feel like to be that guy, to be able to provide that level of financial security for my wife and for my family? What's it going to feel like for me to know that I'm creating a business and an income and a net worth that will not just sustain me, but will provide a security blanket for my children regardless of the choices they make in their lives, regardless of the, uh, of the events that happen to them, that they'll have a security blanket there. That knowing that I'm creating the, the business and the net worth and the estate that will make a difference in my grandchildren's lives and my great-grandchildren's lives, whether I'm here to meet them or not knowing the difference that I can make in my church and the, communi- and, and the community that's important to me and the, and the areas that are most touching to my heart, knowing that we can have the kind of experiences as a family that mean the most to me, that I want my children to be able to see and experience because experiencing things is way different than reading about them. If I spend my mornings getting clear on that vision for my life and where I'm going and what it's going to feel like for me and what it's going to feel like for them, I begin to create my own future. Because as we said earlier, there's a direct correlation between what you think about your thoughts, your feelings, and your future, and your destiny. And what I've got to do is at the easiest time is to take control of that first thing in the morning before I get into routine, before I get into habit, before I get pulled into the default mode of the universe, which is being busy. Before all that happens, I get crystal clear and I spend time. I'm so busy I don't have time. Boy, you're too busy being busy. You're wasting a lot of time being busy getting nowhere. You know where you're going to get to? Same place you've been for the past five years, 10 years, and 15 years if you stay in that default mode. But if you begin to get clear and you begin to emote, and you begin to vibrate at a different level all day throughout the day. Why? Because you're constantly thinking about where I'm going and what it's going to be like, and you're constantly talking about your vision, and you're sharing that vision with other people, and you're constantly reminding yourself of that vision, then every adversity and obstacle that shows up through the day is just a seed. It's a platform. It's a stepping stone to get closer to that vision, to get closer to my goals and my dreams. And every person that walks in, it's like, is, could this person be the one? You know, part of my vision is I, I'm really clear about who I'm looking for, and one group of people that I'm looking for is, is Chinese couples because I, we've talked about it before. I know, that, I know what's happening inside of our company. Greatest revenue per licensed agent, greatest revenue per app, greatest uh, production per new associate, like huge revenues are coming from the marketplace, and I've got almost nothing going on in my hierarchy related to that. So yesterday, a guy in my base shop is all excited because he's got an appointment with somebody. And as I begin to qualify, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not a great opportunity for me to be leaving the office and going to meet with somebody. Like, that's a long shot at best. And then he said the magic words, she's married and she's Chinese. I'm like, okay, I'll be there. <laughs> well, but, but, but I'm so clear of where I'm going to my vision like that I'm continuing to filter through what looks like, oh, God, this guy wants me to go, and it's going to be a waste of my time. I don't know that I should be going. And so I keep digging and talking through and asking questions. I'm like, ding, 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 not a waste of my time. I don't know if, I don't know if this person's going to be the person I'm looking for or not, but this, is, uh, uh, but this is within what this is within my wheelhouse. This is a part of my business plan. It's a part of what I'm looking for. So let me see if I can take what looks like a real long shot and make it into something because they're exactly who I'm looking for, even if I'm not who they're looking for. 
see, we set goals all the time. And this is the challenge that I talked about with some of the experienced people where all of their goals are about the business, about the vehicle, which doesn't cause them to vibrate at a quick enough frequency. It doesn't cause them to emote enough because the, biz the business is just a vehicle, let's be honest. No matter how much you love the vehicle, it's a vehicle. You're going to love your family and the people in your life far more and what you can do for them. So the problem is people set goals, but their body doesn't feel it. Their body doesn't feel what it feels like to achieve the goals. And so you've got to spend enough time each day, preferably multiple times throughout the day. Preferably you're talking about this vision all the time and you're getting excited about it. And the more that you talk about it, the more excited that you get about it. And the more excited you get about it, the more you talk about it. And the more excited you get about it, the more you talk about it, the more that you vibrate in a way that's consistent with being that person, the more that you attract those opportunities into your life. Your thoughts create your destiny. Your future, uh, your future, <clears throat> your thoughts create your destiny. Your thoughts create your future. Your emotions primarily that you feel on a week-to-week -week basis, you feel 10 or 12 emotions real strong habitually on a week-to-week -week basis, are nothing more than records of the past, recordings of the past. You're running emotions. You're running feelings based on experiences from the past over and over and over. When you begin to create your future in your mind and then begin to mow towards that, you shape your destiny and where you're going. So... It's super important that you take the time to feel the emotions of the future now. Why do most people get stuck in a rut or a routine? Why do most people who are broke stay broke? Why do most people who are struggling financially stay struggling? Why do most people who are struggling in their fitness or in their health or in their weight stay there? Because they get stuck in the emotions of what it feels like to be there. And they never spend any time creating and feeling the emotions of what it would feel like to be skinny, what it would feel like to be fit, what it would feel like to have maximum energy, what it would feel like to be debt-free, what it would feel like to have like, more income than they knew what to do with, what it would feel like to be producing an income, saving money, and experiencing these things, what it would feel like to have like, an unbelievable relationship with my spouse because they're so stuck in the emotions of what it feels like to have an average relationship or an okay or a pretty good relationship with their spouse. And so they're stuck in those emotions of being cautious, of being loving, but conditionally loving. They're so caught up in those emotions that they don't give themselves the opportunity of painting a picture of the future and feeling what it would feel like to be in the future now. And the more that we can get fully associated with what it feels like to be in my future, December of 2020, the better, the better I get at creating the behavior and thinking and acting and feeling today in a way that's congruent with my future. If you can wake up every day in the emotion of your future, if you can wake up every day in the emotion of your future, you can begin to create your future. So I want to share with you one last idea, then I'm going to call it a call because I've got a 1030, I've got an 11, I've got an 1145, I've got a 1, I've got a 2, I've got a 3, I've got a 345 and a 430 today, and I've got to get going, okay? So I want to share with you one last idea that Cash shared with me that was, this, for some reason, I've never seen it done this way before, and it just resonated with me. I'm like, that makes a freaking lot of sense. So Take, your, take a piece of paper, 8.5 by 11, whatever size piece of paper, 
make it landscape preferably over portrait, but it doesn't have to be. If you're, if you're an iPad Pro user like I am, you can do it on your tablet, on one of your, um, on one of your you know, notes. I use Notability, one of the ones that you sort of draw on or take notes on. And in the middle of the piece of paper, I want you to draw a circle, a big enough circle where you can write some words in it. So in the middle, draw a circle, big enough where you can write some words in it. And then outside of the circle, all around the circle, I want you to write your dreams. Uh, vacation home on the East Coast. It's right on the ocean. It's right on the water. Here's what it looks like. Here's every design of it, right? And I want it like, uh, here's what I want to have in that home. I want to have all the clothes that I'm going to wear when I'm there so I don't have to pack suitcases. I want to have cars there. Here's the cars I want to have there. Uh, I want to have a lake house. I want to have a sea, uh, I want to have a bass boat. I want to have a ski boat. I want to have three sea dudes. I want to have a pickup truck and three dogs. I want to, like, design. Here's the cars I want to have. Here's the trips that I want to be able to take with family. Here's the experiences I want to be able to create. Here's the contributions and the donations that I want to be able to make. Write all of those things around the circle. Short-term, mid-term, long-term goals, greedy goals, charitable goals. Write them all. Not, not business goals as much. You may have some far-off business goals like I want, my, I want to be a million-dollar earner. Um, I want to be a CEO or an ABC. That's fine. But I want them more filled with the goals that mean things to your spouse, to your parents, to your kids, to your family. More of those than these business goals, okay? And then inside of the circle, right, what do I need to do to get there? Do I need to do 5-5-30? Do I need to do 3-3-30? Do I need to do 10-10-30? Do I need to do 25-25-30? What is it I need to do right inside of that circle? What are the tasks? What are the short-term goals? What are the things I need to be doing this month to help me achieve the things outside of the circle? And so what it does is it you get all the dreams and the words describing your dreams around there, and it gets you emoting a certain way when you see those words, and then what you see inside of it, here's what I need to do to feel this way. Here's what I need to do to get these experiences. Here's what I need to, need to do to make these feelings a reality today. And so it connects what I need to do. It connects the vehicle with where I want to get to. It connects the vehicle, which is inside of the circle, with where I want to get to, which is outside of the circle. I want to encourage you and challenge you to do that, to add that to your mornings where I've got a picture now of what it looks like and how I get there. I've got a picture of where I'm going and the vehicle that's going to get me there. And if you want to share those with me when you're done, some of you may do a vision board. Some of you may put a bunch of pictures outside of the circle along with words and descriptors, and then inside of the circle you put, okay, here's what I need to do. I need to do 5, 5, 30 every month. I need to get, and maybe it's like I need to get five directs and 10 apps personally every month, and uh, 10 or 15 or 20 base shop recruits every month, and that's what I need to do. And so that goes inside my circle. And then outside my circle is all the things that get me excited, all the sexy things. I want, I, I want to encourage you to try that to connect the vehicle with where I'm going and to allow all the emotions, the excitement, the feelings about where I'm going to flow through to the vehicle. And for you to begin to see the vehicle, not for just what it is as a vehicle, but you begin to see the vehicle for where it can take me. 
tried that. If you want to share with me your version of that, you want to email it to me, you want to take a snapshot and text it to me, I'd love to see where you're going and what I can do to help you, uh, what, what feedback I can give you to stay directed, to stay accountable on what's inside the circle. Love you guys. Let's finish August strong, and let's blow out September. Have, make it a September to remember like we've never, ever, ever done before. Make it your personal best. Have a pattern interrupt by doing something in September you've never done before. You know, I've never had five directs before. I've never put my name on 12 apps before. I've never made 10 grand in a month before. Do something you've never done before in September. Go all in. Push yourself. Take on the pressure of accountability to do something you've never done before in, se in September and set a new standard for what you expect and what's possible in your life and in your business. Love you guys. Let's play a lot.